Tell me about the car I sold
Welcome again to the Strange Me Podcast. My name is Jason Barnard. Another great privilege today. We've got uh, Bobby Harrison, who's been part of so many great bands uh, over the past, well, 50 years now. Snafu, Golden Apples of the Sun, Prodigal Harem, of course, Freedom, Nobody's Business. We actually opened with uh, Snafu today and uh, a great live track uh, from uh, their forthcoming Live at Nottingham 1976 album out uh, on Angel Air shortly. Um, Welcome to the show, Bobby. Well, hiya. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm, are you okay? Thank you. Fine. I'm fine. Um, yeah, so I was mentioning about uh, Snafu. Uh, so you, you've you got this uh, new live album out, and um, it, it really does uh, capture the seem to capture the essence of Snafu. Oh, yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, it's a live album, and um, we were at the end of one of our tours around the universities and polytechnic schools. It was in 1976, I think. We were all well polished and really up for it. And we'd been playing for about two and a half months, something like that. So we were well oiled. And it was great that they captured that on radio. Yeah, so we, we opened with Don't Keep Me Wondering. That's uh, one of the highlights from uh, the back catalogue. Yeah, it's an Allman Brothers uh, song, but um, I've always uh, liked very much Allman Brothers and the kind of feel that they get when they play and when I listen to them, you know. I've liked all their albums. I thought it would be really suitable for... Snafu and me and Mick Moody, we decided to have a go ourselves to Don't Keep Me Wandering. Our next song is also from that, that live album, and I think that's one of your own, Long Gone. Yeah, that's uh, Mickey and my song. Uh, in fact, that was the first song Snafu ever wrote together. That was our first song, me and Mick Moody's, and uh, that's the one that clinched us to stay together and write.
a jet plane across the sky But when I feel the need for loving I'll be coming on back to you, girl Don't you see me, baby? Cause I would be
you very much. Can I take you way back uh, 50 years now and uh, talk about the golden apples of the sun? Because I'd like to play the monkey time. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. yeah. That is actually my first single. There was a band that I first joined uh, when I, I actually came out of the army. I joined a band called the Rockefellers, and they were based in and around Romford. We uh, were doing all these schools and university things, and we were into all sorts of kind of music at that time, which was James Brown and uh, Buddy Holly and all that kind of stuff, you know. And I had a uh, had a a pretty famous friend who became famous uh, for his photography. His name was David Bailey. He teamed up with uh, Andrew Luke Oldham, who was with the Rolling Stones at the time, and they decided to bring this single out. And uh, it done really well, actually. That's me on vocals. I was quite young then, remember? <laughs> so <laughs> my voice now is well-matured. But it was, you know, when you're younger, it's it's very clean. And anyway, it came out and it done really well. We got played many, many plays. Yeah, that's monkey time. <laughs>
Bobby, I'd like to uh, go forward uh, a couple of years and uh, talk about Procol Harum, a band that you were, were were only in for a year or two, but obviously that you'll be forever associated with, given their sort of incredible success. Uh, a, a song I've picked is uh, an unreleased uh, version. I think it's an outtake of uh, A White Shade of Pale that, that I believe you were on. Yeah, that's right. How did you get involved with uh, the band? I knew Gary Brooker because he was in a band in the Paramounts in South End, and I was living in Brentwood. So the band I mentioned about Monkey Time, the Rockefellers, we were doing all the same uh, circuit. And so we used to talk to each other a lot, but both bands broke up. Gary approached me after a while, to come along and and check out the drum position. So I said, okay, well, I'll come along. And he said, come along and have a listen uh, to some of the songs that we're doing. So I went to have a listen at his house in Southend. Yeah, I liked what I heard. And I said, okay, I'll come along for an audition. Apparently, he'd already auditioned 40 drummers. And none of them fitted. And I went along and, and got the job, you know, and uh, the rest is history. And that must have been an incredible period, being at the sort of centre of um, such a massive group. Well, I, it all happened overnight, and we were youngsters then, remember. So we, you know, I, I certainly didn't have a great deal of experience. Uh, with the music business and uh, we, we, you know, having a hit overnight is, you know, something like a miracle. It just caught on so quickly. You know, when that happens to you and you're sort of fresh and 23 years old and you haven't got that great experience in the you, you know, because we always used to play semi-professional. We suddenly became professionals and we suddenly were on tour and we were suddenly on television. I mean, the phone never stopped ringing. It was unbelievable. In fact, it got very, very uh, dangerous at one point because if you have too much thrown at you, you know, the stress starts to kick in. But Obviously, it's wonderful to be associated with Procol Harum and to be associated with Wireshade Powell and Homburg, and they were the two the two hits. And uh, I, I uh, also made their first album, and um, it's history with that too. Wireshade Powell hit. One, 
I've heard that it was sort of management issues that led you to sort of departing. It was, and also a producer called Denny Gordell, who's passed away now. Bit of a druggie, but he did have uh, some quality in producing. And then also, Denny Gordell got too involved, really, with the music that we were trying to get across. He also didn't get on with our manager at the time, whose name was Jonathan Weston, at the time of White Shade Apparel. The whole thing went a little bit iffy and diffy after, you know, we hit number one and sold 10 million. And uh, Danny Caldwell kind of, you know, said to the manager and said to the band, you know, unless the manager, Jonathan Weston, goes, I won't carry on producing. It was all stupid, really. A little bit of disagreement sat in. You know, it took took a hold in Procool, and unfortunately, you know, some bad things happened at that time. And they got a manager called... Um, Oh, he used to be the manager of the move. Tony Seconda? Yes. And he, well, as far as I was concerned, he was a bit of a gangster. And uh, that made me want to leave the band. And also Ray Royer, the guitarist. I didn't want to work under that kind of organisation.
but every cloud has a silver lining because it, it meant that, that that your next project you had you know you you were out front and had much more artistic freedom i assume with with freedom yes well that's right well you know in the in the kind of history that i was with program was i wasn't getting very much of a chance to do any singing and you know i could play drums and sing you know, I had to make my mind up when I was thinking of leaving because of Tony Secunda and Denny Cordell. And I thought, well, I'm going to have a go on my own, you know, and um, played drums and sang with Freedom. So the first track by Freedom I'd, I'd like to pick is uh, To Be Free. Um, you recorded one of the great cult albums of the era around 1969, a soundtrack. Uh, uh, to, the album was Nero Subbianco. That's an album that, that really has cult status today. Yes, that does, yeah. It's out in Germany at the moment. Uh, it's it's actually in English called Black on White. And um, it's, it's a, a film that Jonathan Weston uh, got us to actually perform in and write the music for. And it was for a, a film producer called Dino De Laurentiis. And he made many, many films. What happened right after this album, he got done for not paying his tax. So this album actually got put on the shelf and was released quite a few years later. But there's some very good, very good songs on that. I I enjoyed that.
another song by freedom and that's the song frustrated woman despite the quality didn't seem to break through but you must have had a a following at the time given the how good your material was yeah we did have a a good following um we actually started off to get the band sorted out and get together i eventually while i was in freedom uh, after that album, that black and white album, I actually got another guitar player in called Roger Saunders, who unfortunately has passed. And um, he was a great guitar player. And um, I also got a bass player in called Walt Monaghan, and, uh, who later joined Ted Nugent. And we're going towards the music that we were all really good at. We were all three lead singers. Plus it was like the days of the cream, you know, and it was more like a three piece. It became a three piece band. And then of course, the next step for me was when that split up. Yeah. 
I would love you to play a track called Rebound. It's on a Freedom album. And my my best friend who has passed away now, I was playing with him Freedom then, was Roger Saunders. We had a great feel going through that track. The best I've ever done. It had a tribute to Roger Saunders.
you had a sort of uh, sort of bit more funky edge in Snafu. One of my favourite songs of yours, actually, as well as Snafu, is Drowning in the Sea of Love. It was like a funk blues band, really. It was a combination of all that I stand for, really. You know, it's uh, that's the kind of music I was brought up with. You know, the James Browns and... You know, the B.B. Kings, Albert King, all that kind of blues stuff. Plus, I'm into a lot of kind of jazz. I like some jazz. Well, it's a combination of what I am. And that's that's who, that is, that's me. That is me. I can still listen to that music today and really relax and listen to it and, and feel very proud of it.
There's um, something else that I, I hope you're, you're proud of, and that's your sort of solo album, Funkist. Uh, I like uh, King of the Night. That's a cool song. Oh, yeah. You like that one? That song actually got picked to go on Black Sabbath's autobiography um, thing. Um, they had an anthology album of all the singers that they had used. And of course, I used Tony Iommi, the lead guitarist from Black Sabbath, on Funkist. He was on the original King of the Night. So they chose that to open up their anthology. And then they had uh, another two or three singers on this album. It's actually out there. I don't know where you can uh, get it from, but it's that song, King of the Night, is the opening song on their anthology. I was going through a little bit of a depression time, I would say. Yeah, that's what made me write that. And, uh, you know, it's just a matter of uh, writing about my feelings at the time. And it's very personal to me, that song, really. Your album, Funkist, uh, climbed the US charts, I understand? Yes, it did. It um, got in board, I think, about 76, without live shows. Nothing. I didn't go over there to promote it.
so next, Bobby, uh, we have Nobody's Business, and uh, you recorded an album in uh, 1978, I believe. Uh, I've picked Bleed Me Dry, which is a great rock uh, track. You were That was a band that you had with uh, Joe Jammer, wasn't it? Joe uh, and I became friends and met each other along the, the road, threatened each other about playing together. So when Snafu broke up, we got together and, and started rehearsing. And our first drummer was Reg Isidore, who used to play with um, Robin Trower. Bass player was Tony Stevens, who used to be in a band called Fogat. Well, we're all based in Chicago, really. We put down this album, and uh, we took it from there. But a sad, very sad thing happened. We were actually involved musically with a company that Max Clifford. Uh, he was running a promotional company in Officer and we got tangled up with him through a young lady um, called Julie Enthoven. But unfortunately, Julie Enthoven in midwinter in Chicago had a terrible fatal car crash. And that really split the band up. We couldn't work after that. We just couldn't carry on without her.
after nobody's business, um, as we go into the 1980s, you ended up in Iceland, didn't you? I did, yes. I just recently had a divorce from my American mom. I also wanted to try and get myself straight, you know, leaving the drugs behind. I thought that I would take a trip to Iceland, which I did do, and I didn't come back. And I got married to a young lady up there, a beautiful young lady. And I stayed up there for 10 years until it happened again. Another divorce. <laughs> Terrible. You were recorded in, uh, over in Iceland with a band called Mesa Forte, I understand. And you recorded a great uh, great track, uh, It's Over. Oh, yeah. That's Frederick Coulson wrote that song with me in Iceland. He was a lead guitarist in Mesa Forte. Uh, they, I met them when they were all young lads, about 18 years old, and they were superb jazz players. And we got together and wrote an album together called Solid Silver. You can get that album if you need to through Angel Air. But it was a good album. I really enjoyed making that album with those, those Icelandic guys. In fact, they had a hit over here themselves called Garden Party and that must have been I think around the late 80s so that was that's a country Just hard to satisfy 
Bobby, we've already got to our last track today, and it is only fitting that we play Snafu, and a track from the Angel Air album Live at Nottingham 1976. The track is uh, Big Legged Woman. Can you tell me about that one? Yeah, that's a blues track, and you know, basically, uh, my history in music is all really about the blues, a touch of jazz, a touch of funk. 
so that track is a good one to play because that's really my kind of style. My memories of that gig are not very good. I know that we were on tour going around um, England playing at different universities. But I know by the sound of the track that we really were enjoying it and we really were stretching out with our music. I think that was the last concert we'd done before Barking, which was the end of the tour. Thank the Lord that they were saved, those tracks, and they weren't cut in the bin. So you've got a new lineup of Snafu? Yeah, I've got a new lineup. Uh, Maddie Max on keyboards. Um, great singer, good keyboard player. Thanks, I've got Russ Ballow on lead guitar. He's another Russ. And on drums is um, Dave Ingle. We're playing um, for an agency at the moment uh, called Rock Artists, and they're getting us different concerts around. And people seem to remember us, of course, are a bit older now, uh, a good audience, and they remember all the songs. And Snafu is still out there. Marvellous. Yeah, it's a really nice way to end. Thank you so much again for your time, Bobby. Thank you very much, and God bless you, and look after yourself. First time we've been to Chen glad to see you and everything, but we thought we'd see some more people. But we're going to carry on with a, a blues song. This one is called Long Legged Woman. Yeah. 
You got the 